All right, uh, last week we jumped into the fivefold ministry, and we are continuing this week, and we will do it one more time next week. Are you ready? All right, very good. So, last week we talked about a couple things. We're going to look at some scripture, and hopefully the screen will switch with me, but if it doesn't, you'll have to follow along with your Bible. Oh my goodness. So, let's just start by reading Ephesians chapter 4. Um, we're going to go this way. Oh, yeah, cool. It doesn't work, so it's, it's fine. Yeah, if you can go to the scripture. Is the scripture in there? Sorry. Is it good? Okay. There's a couple slides, babe, so be ready. All right. Let's jump in together. This is Ephesians chapter 4, Kingdom Translation. It says, There's one body and one spirit. You were, after all, called to one hope, which goes with your call. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. But grace was given to each one of us. Say, each one. According to the measure, say measure, the king used when he was distributing gifts. That's why it says, when he went up on high, he led bondage itself into bondage, and he gave gifts to people. When it says here that he went up, what this means is that he also came down into the lower places, and that is the earth. The one who came down is the one who also went up, yes, above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. So these were the gifts that he gave. Some were to be apostles, some prophets, others evangelists, others pastors and teachers. Their job is to give God's people the equipment they need for their work of service. And so to build up the king's body, say the king's body. The purpose of this is that we should all reach unity in our belief and loyalty and in knowing God's son. Amen. Is that the last one? There we go. Then we shall reach the stature of the man measured by the standards of the king's fullness. As a result, we won't be babies any longer. We won't be thrown this way and that way on a stormy sea, blown about every gust of teaching by human tricksters and their cunning and deceitful schemes. Instead, we must speak the truth in love and so grow up in everything into him. That is, into the king, who is the head. He supplied the growth that the whole body needs, linked as it is and held together by every joint which supports it, which each member doing its own proper work, then the body builds itself up in love. Amen, amen, amen. All right? So that's our core scripture that we're going off of today. And there's a book that radically changed my life. And if you're interested in more about the fivefold ministry, this book is called The Permanent Revolution. Say, Permanent Revolution? Say, it's fantastic. It'll change your life. So if you're interested in it, I would highly recommend go get this book and read it because it's awesome. All right? So several things I talk about today are going to come from Permanent Revolution. We're going to recap what we talked about last week. We're going to talk about the goal of today, and then uh, which the goal is to help you realize your specific giftings inside of these five giftings. And then next week, we're going to talk about how to grow in those specific giftings. Are you ready? All right. One thing I want to recap from last week is that Jesus gave these gifts to all people, all mankind. This was his DNA that he took 
from himself and he gave it to all people so that his body could be built up together. He divided himself up and gave it to us. And I picture it this way. I picture it like DNA where he took these five giftings, he put them inside of us, and then he gave specific measures to different people. So some people are strong in one area, some people are strong in other areas, but he gave us all a measure. Jesus is a bodybuilder. Y'all remember the creepy, weird guy doing the splits while he's doing the lifting the weights last week? Okay, Jesus is a bodybuilder. He has crazy things in his mind that he wants to accomplish on the earth through his kingdom. He wants to advance his kingdom in the most amazing ways. In order to do these crazy things that pop into his mind, he has to have a body that is physically capable of handling the crazy ideas that he comes up with. And so we want the body, every single member of the body, to be strong and able to fulfill the role that Jesus has for them when the time comes. And unfortunately, when we don't have that ability, then when Jesus has a crazy idea to advance the kingdom in some new way, he's unable to do it because we weren't strong enough to carry the load. So we, we have to pay attention is what is the gift that Jesus gave me and am I pressing into that gift to make it strong enough so that when Jesus has a crazy idea of how he wants to use me to advance the kingdom, I'm able to carry my part of the load. And not only, it's not just like an individual thing, but it is I can join arms with the whole body and we can all carry our part specifically together to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Amen? All right, then the last piece from last week was that um, the fivefold giftings are a huge part of church as we know it, okay? But in America, we think of church as this like one and a half hour slot on Sunday mornings, and that is the farthest thing from what church really is. Jesus, yes, the Sunday morning time is very connected with the fivefold ministry, but that is not the end of it. And it's like if I go to work out at CrossFit over here in the corner and I walk in and I am real excited to get strong and strengthen my body and then I watch the workout of the day and the instructor says, this is how to work out, this is how the workout is for today, which they received from corporate across the whole nation, right, of, of how to work out that day. And I watch the workout of the day and I'm all excited and then I walk out the door. I did not work out. And I'm fooling myself if I think that I worked out by watching them explain how to work out. So when we're talking about the giftings that Jesus gave to you, if you think you are working out your gifting and becoming strong in Jesus by only coming on a Sunday morning in the four walls of the church and listening to the instruction of what heaven is saying for the church globally across the world, and then you leave and you think you worked out, we're missing it. These gifts are much more for a broad picture. These gifts are not just like, what are you going to do on Sunday morning for an hour? These gifts are, what, is, what are you on the earth to do? What is your life purpose? What is your life goal? What did Jesus dream of when he thought of you specifically in your mother's womb? That's what these gifts are much more about. It's much more life calling and passion and, and anointing for all of life. Okay? Are we with me? Very good. All right. So today's goal is to help you identify your top one or two of the fivefold giftings. Okay? Um, and I know that sounds a little crazy at times. I remember when I first started hearing about the fivefold giftings, I felt really weird about saying, I have the gift of whatever felt super strange, okay? Um, but that's what we wanted to do. We want you to identify those things today. So we have the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, that's an S, don't worry, 
the shepherd and the teacher, okay? This is called the apest. Um, if you look throughout history, you're going to notice that the church was started with the apostle-prophet mix primarily, but it had all of it working together. And then once the church was kind of established, unfortunately, we ended up kicking out the apostle and the prophet, and we ended up with the EST only, the evangelists and the shepherds and the teachers. And then you have all these churches being led by only the EST. Um, or, or sometimes they kick out the evangelist too, and you'd only end up with the shepherd teacher, and you're not ex- advancing the kingdom of God. So they kicked out the ape, all right? But Jesus' goal is for the whole body to be functioning together. So we've got to pull the whole thing back together. We've got to bring the ape back together. So here's a, a picture. Rachel, show that slide with the pillars. Here's kind of what it's supposed to look like. The body of Christ, the structure of the church, if you will, all of them working together, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher functioning together, all carrying their own load. When you get rid of one or two or three or pieces of it, what happens to the church? What happens to the body? It collapses, okay? And it does not function like it's supposed to. So all five are incredibly important, and we have to have all five, okay? Now, the other thing to pay attention to, thanks, Rach, you can... You can close that. Is um, Jesus gave these gifts to all people, okay? And like I said, to me, this is the DNA of Christ. He took his DNA and he put it inside of every single person. I believe everybody has all five of these things inside of their Christ DNA, okay? I believe every single one of you have the DNA of all these different things. I also believe... That because Jesus didn't want one person being able to do everything, he divided it up so that we would have to rely upon each other, okay, and become a team in order to accomplish the things that he wants us to accomplish. So generally what we find is that while you have all five of these things inside of your spiritual DNA, you usually will default to one primary gifting, maybe two as like a secondary, okay? And then at times in your life, you'll feel like, oh my goodness, I'm like starting all these things. I'm such an apostle. This is awesome. And then it'll go away. And you'll be like, hey, what happened? Come back. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a prophet. Yeah, did you hear me prophet? That was amazing. Wow, I know what God's saying all the time. And then he'll like pull you back. And then you like get super nitty gritty into the teaching and like understanding the scripture and all the Greek and the Hebrew and all stuff. And then he'll pull you back. And what he's doing is he's stretching your wineskin to be more like Jesus. Jesus was 100% all of these things. And he wants you to be in his image. So throughout your life, he's going to stretch you in all these areas so that you become more like him. But what you will generally find is that you're going to default back to kind of one main persona, one main way of operating in most cases, okay? And, and then typically a secondary. So sometimes if you feel like, gosh, I don't know what I am. Like Rachel was at this conference, one of the speakers, he was saying, I don't know. Sometimes I think I'm an apostle, I'm a prophet, I'm a, I don't even, I don't know what I am. Sometimes that will happen and that's okay. You know what? It's because all of them are inside of you, okay? Everybody, all of those things are inside of you. But at times we're going to default to those specific things. And the reason this is important for us to recognize is to, to know that Jesus, he gave them all to you, and he gave a specific measure of each of these gifts to each of you. Why do you think Jesus sat 
and measured out specific levels of gifting for you. Because he has dreams and purposes and plans for you to advance his kingdom amongst the body of Christ in different ways throughout your life, right? So it's very important to receive the gift that Jesus gave to you. It's super important to, if Jesus gave you a stronger measure of a teacher, then you need to embrace that strong measure of being a teacher. If he gave you a strong measure of evangelist, even if you've never seen somebody saved in your whole life, you need to embrace that measure of the gifting that he gave you so that it can become what he dreams of doing with you. Okay? So, um, and then the last piece of this puzzle is that inside the middle of all of this, so this is everybody. Inside the middle of all of this, there's like a leadership piece. Okay? So this big one is all people. And then inside the church, there's some people, and some of you guys called in the room, are called to be leaders with your five giftings to help lead the body of Christ to do the instructional videos at the beginning of the thing, to help the body of Christ understand what's the heart of God in this season, what's the thing he wants to advance corporately and globally as the body of Christ, how do we do it, launch people out, and then the rest of the week is when we go and do the kingdom advancing stuff. Amen? Okay. So when we're done today, my goal is for you to boldly proclaim I resonate with that gift. That is me. I believe Jesus gave me a measure primarily of this gift and to not be ashamed of it. I started getting really excited about the fivefold ministry years ago. Um, I didn't know too much about it at all. But we already had three kids. We were pregnant with our fourth kiddo. And his name was Kingston Sparrow. And we got about 17 weeks in and we lost him in the womb. And it was a really difficult time for both of us. But at the same time, the Lord was with us in the most amazing ways that we've ever experienced before. So in the midst of that, one of the big things for me that I was really feeling, I was very sad that I didn't get to be the one to teach Kingston about who God is and about Jesus and about the angels and about the Bible and about the world God is doing it, and the angels are doing it now with him. And I don't get to be the one to explain those things like I had with my other three kids. And I was grieved about that. But out of that pain and sadness, there was this longing inside of me of like, okay, even though I can't do that for him now, when I meet him face to face in heaven, I want to make him so unbelievably proud because he understands all this already just because he's there. And I understand way down here, right? But even still, even though there's this big disparity between the two, I still want to make him proud with how I live my life day in, day out for the king of kings. And so then out of that became this hunger of like, God, what did you put me on the earth to do? I want to make my little baby proud. I want to make you proud too, of course. But I want to make him proud as his daddy. So what am I on the earth to do? you got to show me. And I was hungering and crying out and asking God, why did you make me? When, you, when I was in my mother's womb, what was your dream for me? You've got to show me. And clear as day, just like that, the Lord speaks to me. He says, you are called to be a pioneer and an evangelist. Just bam, clear as day. Pioneer and an evangelist. And your spiritual inheritance will come primarily when you operate in those two gifts of pioneer and evangelism. 
And I be, I, it, it was like all of my being was resonating with this. And I started having flashbacks of being a young child and a teenager and in college age and doing these things that line up with what he's calling me and saying, this is who you are. And all these random, goofy things that we started that kind of worked or kind of didn't work. Or all these ministries we did or all these little Bible studies we did or business or whatever. Like, wow, yes, I, that wow. And God stamped it on me like so clear and hard. This is who you are, pioneer and an evangelist. At that point in my life, I may have seen 50 people come to Jesus, all right? And at that time in my life, I had planted no churches, <laughs> okay? But God is speaking to me. This is who you are, pioneer and an evangelist, and this is where your, your anointing, your inheritance, your gift, it's all right here. Pay attention to these things. And so I embraced it. And prior to that moment in my life, the word apostle, the word evangelist, the word prophet, they were like big shot words that don't you dare bring those up. Like you can, the evangelist is Billy Graham who has led millions of people to Christ. How could you even begin to consider putting yourself in that same category? Don't even think about it, right? That's how, that's how I thought. Or an apostle was only reserved for somebody who had planted hundreds of churches across the globe and done amazing things for God. Don't you even consider putting yourself with that. But when God said it to me, what he did is he spoke it into existence, right? And he said, even though none of these things that you think this is what this is have happened yet, this is what I say. And by him speaking it out, then it allowed it to become to, to happen in real life, to, to work itself out from that point. And then the rest of my life is focused on those two things. Saying, yes, God, if my inheritance comes from those, then all of my dreams and passions, I want them to come from those things. And not only that, but when I pursue him in those things, I'm going to find life. I'm going to find joy. I'm going to find tremendous blessing and inheritance that I can't find in other arenas. Okay? So... And then just shortly after that is when I found this book, and I didn't know anything about this stuff. And so I start reading this book, and I'm blown away. Like, this book changed my life in the best of ways. And specifically, what it did for me was it demystified the big fancy, this is who the apostles are. And it demystified it and brought it down to this word is for everybody, and everybody has these things inside of themselves. This is their DNA, and we all need to embrace the gift that Jesus gave us so that we can find the inheritance that he has for us. All right? So that's my goal for today is for you to be able at the end of the day to say, yes, Jesus, I think he gave me the gift of apostle. Or I think he gave me the gift of evangelist or whatever it is for you to be able to own it and then say, yes, God, do your thing. I don't know why you, I don't know why you picked me to be a pioneer and evangelist. I don't get that. But I believe that you did it, so I'm going to partner with you. And whatever you want to do out of that, I'm fine with. Right? Okay. So let's, let's start walking through what exactly is an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Okay? Um, Rachel, there's some slides that can help along with this, but I'm going to use this uh, table right here. This is from Alan Hirsch's book, Permanent Revolution. So we want to look at the persona of what an apostle is. An apostle is a pioneer. It's the sent person. Um, the apostle is a starter. I like to think of the apostle as somebody who came from somewhere with culture and understanding of what could be, and they show up to a place where there is nothing, and they look at it, and they, they look at this big flat piece of ground, and they say, 
hey, this is a city right here. Heck yeah, let's go. Look at this great town. This is San Francisco, and there's nothing there. And everybody that walks by, they're like, what are you doing out here? Oh, I'm hanging out in San Francisco. Did you see how amazing this town is? Wow, this is so cool. Get over here. Come help me. And then they start building, and they build this little tiny shack, right? And then before you know it, there's like three buildings or four buildings, and it's like the old Wild West. And and all of a sudden, there's this little town in the middle of nowhere because the apostle has seen what could be, and they're working to make that happen on the earth, okay? And they're drawing people into it. To me, that's what the pioneer is. They oftentimes think in, in terms of architecture. Oftentimes they think in terms of structure and putting things together and building things together, creating systems. The core vocation of an apostle would be the custodian of the DNA, Okay, what is the DNA of heaven? What's the DNA of the kingdom of God? That would be their core vocation. They're pioneers, they're entrepreneurs, they're architects. Their impulse is missional. Their effect is to propagate. Their focus is a viable future and expansion of the Christian movement. Spiritual character would be adventurous and futuristic. They think through systems and they work with an emphasis in risk. Their leadership style could be decisive designed, focused, and strategic, all right? Their overriding concerns when making decisions is this going to help increase our capacity for advancement and for mission. And their metric for success would be healthy, systematic extension of Christianity within and beyond cultural boundaries, um, church multiplication. Some shortcomings of the apostolic gifting. They can be driven. They can be demanding. They can be insensitive to others. And their slogan might be, onward and upward, let's go, move it forward, come on, all right? Now remember, when I'm done, I'm going to ask you to make a list of these five in order for you, how you resonate with these things, okay? So get ready. The second one is prophet. The prophet is a discerner. They, um, they know the heart of God. They know the mind and the thoughts of God. They're very intuitive, They are attentive to God. They see what God is doing and saying, and they speak it out. They demand faithfulness to the Lord, and they question status quo. So the core vocation of a prophet would be the guardian of the covenant. They question status quo. Their impulse is to be incarnational. The effect is incarnate. The focus is God orientation. Keep the movement aligned with God. That's what they care about. That's their main focus. Keep it in line with God. Spiritual character would be transcendent and existential. All right? Um, It's just kind of cloudy. They have a strong intuition of what is right and what is wrong, and they emphasize integrity and obedience and mastery. Okay? Rachel's waving at me. All right, leadership style. They can be demonstrative. They can be motivational. Their overriding concerns, will this help us embody God's concerns? What is God concerned about? That's what they care about. Their metric for success would be faithfulness to God's values through visible and tangible actions and consciousness of God's character and presence. Amen. Uh, Some shortcomings, they can be ideological, they can be demanding, short-sighted, and simplistic. Their slogan would be, repent and believe. (laughs) He gives gives historical examples of each of these, which I'm going to skip over. But just to note, Jesus is the first of every historical example for every single gifting, okay? 
and you also have all of the giftings that he gave you in different measures. Amen. Okay, the next one is evangelists. The evangelist is the rallier, the supporter. They are the gatherer, the encourager. They are infectious, and they recruit people to a cause. And I really want us to, this morning overall, to try to step away from what you think of this gift in the church only and try to broaden it. Because if you have the gift of evangelist, but you've never seen somebody come to Jesus, it's going to be hard for you to receive this as a gift. But if you're infectious and you rally people to a cause and you draw them into something else... You might have the gift of evangelism, and you just don't realize it yet, and you need to embrace that, okay? So the evangelist, their core vocation is to connect people to a cause, to recruit. They can also be entrepreneurs or raconteurs. Their impulse is very attractional. The effect is aggregating people. The focus is that people come to know God and join the movement. Their spiritual character would be relational and communal with a big emphasis on sociality, playfulness, and celebration. Their leadership style would be persuasive and motivational. Their overriding concerns, will this help us bring people to the point of conversion? That's all they care about. The um, metric for success would be growth through individual and group conversion and increasing the number of adherents in the movement. The shortcomings, anything to make a deal. <laughs> and they can be not demanding enough, okay, in terms of holiness or what God actually, what the Bible actually says. Um, the slogan would be, hey, join the party, let's go, all right? Okay, the next one is the pastor or the shepherd. These people are amazing. They care so deeply. They love people extremely well. They tend to the heart, Okay, if you think of a shepherd in the old times, they would spend all of their days wandering after these dumb little sheep who, who don't know how to find water, they don't know how to find food, they cannot protect themselves from anything. If, they're, if they don't get sheared and it rains too much, they can drown in their own hair. Sheep are a mess, like total mess. And so the shepherd's job was to go follow them around and just take care of them and keep them all happy and keep them moving along just gently where they're supposed to go, make sure none of them die, make sure they can just kind of make it to the end, take care of them, right? That's the shepherd's heart. They love to provide for people. They love to protect. They love to lead them. They are all about community and relationship and healthy human communities. Their core vocation would be nurturing, a humanizer, sustainer, social integrator. Their impulse is always communal. The effect is to integrate people into the family. The focus is the community living healthily in the love of the triune God. Their spiritual character is nurturing and communal with an emphasis on healing, wholeness, and community. Their leadership style is inclusive and collaborative. Their concerns are how will this affect the organization and people in the community. And their metric for success is people's experience of a sense of belonging, intimacy, family, personal transformation. Some of their shortcomings. They could be obsessive. Uh, and they could have an obsessive need for harmony and an aversion to risk. All right. And their slogan would be love one another. Okay. All right. Last but not least is the teacher. 
The teacher is an equipper. The teacher loves to learn. They love to dig deep and understand the, the deep, nitty-gritty things. They love to explain those things and to instruct those things to others. They love to go get wisdom and pull it out and give it to others. And they, they love the mind of God. Um, the core vocation of a teacher is a meditator, a uh, mediator of wisdom and understanding, a trainer and educator, theological formation. Their impulse is instructional. The effect is explicate. Sorry. The focus is awareness and integration of truth, especially revealed truth. Spiritual character, intellectual and philosophical with an emphasis on curiosity, learning, knowledge, and the intellect. Their leadership style would be prescriptive, analytical. You need to do this. Just, just do this. A, B, C, D, E. There you go. That's all you need, right? Overriding concern is how does this line up with theology and the scripture? That's what they care about. The metric for success is adequate engagement with, comprehension of, and consistency with truth in all its forms. Their shortcomings is that they could, be, they could demand ideology and conformity and lack urgency. And their slogan is, hey, take time to know God. All right? So those are the five giftings. I hope that helps give a, a general broad overview, and I hope it pulls it away from the big spiritual cloud and into kind of normal life and out of just the church bubble but into the rest of your life. So now what I want you to do is I want you to take your phone or your notes and write down one, two, three, four, five. And we're going to take a moment, and we're going to ask the Lord to show us what's your number one gifting. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. And what's your number two? What's your main default would be number one? And then go all the way through to your very least. Or if it helps, you can go backwards. I am definitely not this. You can write that one down first and then go backwards if that helps. So I want us to proclaim what those things are. So raise your hand if you feel like the gifting of apostle is one of your primary defaults. Rave it high so we can all... I want us to pay attention, and I want to honor the gift inside of people. Number one. Yeah, number one. As your main one. I'm going to ask for all of them. So raise your hand if you think your number one is gift of apostle. Look around. Okay? Put it down. If you think your main gift is prophet. Whoa! That's so many people. That's amazing. Okay. Put it down. Main gift, evangelism. All right. Wow, that's awesome. Okay. Main gift, shepherding, pastoring people. That's just so good. Main gift, teaching. That's awesome. Okay. All right, now we're going to do it again, but physically. We're going to go move and proclaim because I want us to recognize with our eyeballs what people are believing God is speaking to them. So if you have the main gift of apostle, I want you here on the front corner. Prophet, I want you on the other corner. Evangelist, in the middle, so you can draw everybody in. Shepherd, in the back corner. And teacher, back by the sound booth. Apostle, to my right. Prophet, to my left. Evangelist, in the middle. Shepherd, in the back corner by the doors. Teacher, in the back corner over here. Everybody look over this way. These are our pioneers, okay? Yes. These are our prophetic, not, Rachel really wants me to clarify. Prophet and 
prophetic are two very different things, okay? But the persona of a prophet is, is a different. Everybody can prophesy. All right, so here's our prophets. All right, here's our evangelists in the middle. And uh, our shepherds in the back corner. I love that there's so many of you. And our teachers, hallelujah. Richard, I can't see you. There we go. There we go. Oh, I still can't. There you go. Perfect. All right. So look closely at who's in which one. Now, we want to pray and bless these different groups. So we're going to all come to the middle, one group at a time. So apostles, come here in the middle. And I want everybody else to come and pick a person and bless them and say yes and amen to the gifting that God has put inside of you to raise it up and to become whatever he wants to do with you. Everybody come forward.